Picnic Table Society, a ragtag group of people in recovery that live by Rule 62. Don't take yourself so damn seriously. Hmm. Your recovery is your journey. Get engaged, try new things, and have fun with it. Yo, maestro. Intro, please. You can't steal second with your foot on first. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Picnic Table Society. My name is Joe with Aaron and Jeff here, and we got a guest today. We have a a recurring guest. Trish, what's up? Sup? No, Trish hasn't been a guest. She was an audience. Yeah, Trish has been on you like five times already. We have Trish, Trish M slash L slash she's single, everybody. Hey. Trish M slash L slash she's single, everybody. It's a spur of the moment guest right here. And she had her eyes closed dur- during the intro. I don't know if she was meditating, but she was laughing when she heard uh, Grateful Mike's voice up in those uh, headphones. It sounds different when you're actually on the show with us and you have the headphones on. Yes, totally. Yeah. Good. How's everybody doing, Joe? I'm okay this morning. Um, things are things are going pretty well. You look good. Nice tea. Nice tank top. Uh, well, I'm not in my work clothes. Let me ask Normally, you a when you see me, I'm in my work clothes. I'm not working today. Are you so. just like naturally like hairless or do you wax or do you shave what? Hairless. You look what good. What are you talking about? I got all kinds of hair. <laughs> you got like the line like Larry from Three's Company going on. As Joe looks Three's down company. his yeah. tank top. He pulled his tank top out and looked down his I shirt. Had to, I had to make sure. Do you yeah. shave the top part of your Actually, arm? no. My hair's going gray now, bro. I've, I've always been jealous sha- of you. No, seriously. I shaved this morning yeah. and like, I'm, bro, it's going, it's growing, it's going gray. Yeah, mine started going, growing gray on August 8th, 2017, a day after I started working here. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I, I blame it on my kids. I've always been jealous of you, Joe, because you've got like that six pack, and it's like you don't even do anything anymore. I I've, do got, not I've got have like a, six, a I do I've not got like a, a two pack. pack on top. If I stand straight, I do not have yeah. a six pack. Ugh, God. I just don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't have the, the dad bod. No, I do not want. I just don't bod. work out anymore. I need to. me. <laughs> I'm so sick of the two of you. I didn't even. How you doing? Unbelievable, man. I. I uh... I've been doing some growing and some learning this week, and it's Friday, and to look back on, like, where I was at at the beginning of the week, it's like a 360, so I am on a pink cloud just for today. Good You're stuff. doing better than you were the and other day. And I even day. have a pink parachute. That pink parachute, yes. You were on Zoom <laughs> yesterday, and I, I kept that. I saw you, and I saw you smiling, and I saw it. Well, it was actually a picture most of the time, but I was just looking at a couple people on Zoom when I was speaking, and it, it's uh, very soothing to see Aaron's uh, face on there smiling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why y'all love my smile yeah. so Yo, much. It's great. It's I'm trying lifting. to tell you. Yeah. That was like the first day me and you sat down and had a conversation. I was like, yo, we got to get her on this podcast. That's right. Right. We found our co-host. You I'm know what I mean? Sick of y'all. Jeff, Jeff, what are we talking about? Well, um, we've got, about Trish. Yeah, we've got Trish on the show, and it was like a last-second thing. Trish stuck around, so we have no topic. We're just going to hang out with Trish and see what's going on. Trish, what's your sobriety date? Trish the Dish. September right. 22nd, 2008. 2008. Jeez. Coming up on 13 years. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's your home group, Trish? The 7 a.m. Coffee and Reading. Woo-hoo! That's go. what we do there, right? No, wait. The that's the other one. one. No, that's West <laughs> That's yours. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, uh, do you want to tell us about your last bottom in like two minutes first? I guess. Um, my last bottom, I, d- I guess I only had one bottom because... 
I, the, I only have one attempt at sobriety, but it wasn't, it wasn't the worst night. I had so many more worse nights than that. I just, I woke up and I was like, I can't live my life like this for another single day. And I guess about a week before that, I, I remember having a small, like, spiritual experience. I looked around the bar and thought, I like all these people, and they're all good people, but none of them have anything I want out right. of life. I, I couldn't see that this was where God wanted me to be, and I did have a relationship with God, but um, I never did those foxhole prayers. I didn't know you could pray for willingness <laughs> until I came here, and... My God talks to me on my level. So the the times I thought about saying, God, I'll never drink again, which I didn't do that. But my God would be like, come on, Trish, I know what you're thinking. And we both know this is this is BS. So I didn't know if I could cuss on here. But. Was, you say was, whatever you want. <laughs> oh, you say whatever you want. God, Joe does. <laughs> my God cusses at me because he, he right. gets down to my level sometimes to get through to me. I was, feel that. Was yeah. that last night when you're sharing your story, you share about how you were at some dude's house and he had like a six-pack left and, or a four-pack and you drank those four and you had to go through the guard yeah. at the gate to go he, buy more and by the time you got yeah. back, they were all gone again or something like that, yeah. right? He only had two and he'd had the same two beers for the four months that we dated. That's crazy. And <laughs> like um, I'd had a couple beers at a concert and I remember the moment I drank the first one thinking, what am I going to do now? I shouldn't have even drank. Mm. It, it's easier to not drink at all than to drink one. And then and then not have any? Yeah, Because it, it drives you insane? Knew, yeah. <laughs> that and phenomenon of craving kicked you right You gotta in. have it, man. You gotta have it. Yeah. And, and marriage counseling was the first time someone told me that you should be able to have two, maybe three beers without getting drunk. And my then husband that does not compute yeah my then husband we were in the car and i said she said to drink without getting drunk and he goes i know we can work out our own problems <laughs> so i wanted this dude to think i had a bunch of self-control so on the third beer i said no i'm good and he goes me too i'm full and i like it's milk and i think he was being serious and like i've never been full off of drinking no yeah. oh my goodness yeah. you, you know one of the things about trish and if you know trish you know this to be true and if you don't it is true is i don't know any other female and maybe possibly male who does more service work here in the jacksonville community for our recovery community than trish like and that's just straight up and i respect that and i love you for it and i it, i think it all started when she first got here you want to tell that story Yes, it, it did. I didn't go to rehab, but um, my home group was my sponsor. I didn't have a home group, but I, I got sober in the Mandarin area, and they were all a bunch of little groups, and they kind of held me up until I chose a sponsor because I was only going to give this like 40 days, and I only had like a, a week of sobriety, and they, they told me that my head plays tricks on me and I didn't know how they knew me so well because you know at night I'd say I don't know if I really need this stuff these people are really sick they have <laughs> multiple DUIs some of them have lost their kids um they were an alcoholic like my dad type alcoholic 
alcoholic, and I, I couldn't relate to that. I tried my whole life to not be that. And um, one of them had, had asked me what if I drive a car, and I was totally offended. And I'm like, I've had a car since I was 16. <laughs> and then he said, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, you're getting awfully personal here. <laughs> I'm like, She's still like that. Yeah. Yes, she is. I told him I'm pretty successful. I'd worked hard, and I did achieve my goals. And I, I tell people, when, when I got sober, I felt like I had everything I'd ever prayed for. Um, I had everything I wanted in my life. And I was not happy. And and every time I'd achieve something at work or having a baby, it's not. I learned it wasn't hard to have a baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, every time I achieved something, um, I felt you know there's got to be more. Uh, and it was like the destination happiness. But anyway, I'm off track. So yeah, they sent you where? Yeah. The, so that he'd said. You have a car, and you, and you have a nice career. You seem pretty smart. And I'm like, I am smart. <laughs> and he goes, well, you should be able to figure out how to get our books and bring them back here. Because he'd asked me to get the books and bring them back to the Greenland Road. And um, I said, I can't do that. Like, whoa, man, I ain't a part of this club or whatever you're, you're trying to have me do. And... Um, yeah, he tricked me. He said, you should be able to be smart enough to figure out how to bring back our books. And then I'd gone to, and I actually obsessed about that all week, how I was going to, on my lunch break, get to what they called the inner group and, and bring back the books. And then I complained on Monday. I had one more day left for Tuesday. And he said, Tom K said, while you're down there, can you get our books? And now I have to go back to two meetings. And I probably wouldn't have gone back. Sorry, I hit the desk. I probably wouldn't have gone back to those meetings. But now I have an obligation. Exactly, a commitment. And that's and, what stuff and, like that keeps us sober. And that's yeah. the thing about Trish is what, that I've noticed is, like, yeah, you see her doing a lot. But if you stop and you really look, there's a lot she does behind the scenes, too. Oh, a bunch. A bunch. You know, like, it's it's really amazing. And so I I know where you're coming from with that, Jeff. And Trish, you said something that really, that I've kind of learned here recently. I was just talking to my dad last weekend when he was down about it. You know, you said you had everything you had ever prayed for, but you were miserable. You know, and I remember when I, when I came in the rooms, I did not have everything I'd ever prayed for. I had absolutely nothing. Um, but but something, you were still miserable. Oh, yeah, still miserable. <laughs> but the thing that I've realized here lately is today I have the things that I prayed for. You know, and it's like if I don't watch myself, I would get super ungrateful for the things that I have. And I want more because I'm an alcoholic. And that's what my disease says is what I have is not good enough. And I will catch myself being miserable again. It's sober. You know, so I have to check myself all the time because something I've realized, you know, is it's not about the material things. It's not about what I earn in life. Like, it's really not about any of that. It's about Joe's tapping his chest. (laughs) His little hairs. I'm tapping my hair. That's right. Yeah. Yo, let me braid those. Yeah. But it, it, it's all, right. it's all about, you know, like, uh, and I'm going to sound like my sponsor when I say this. I've been talking to good, her way too good, much. Good. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's all about just kind of being like one of God's kids. 
and like what I can give to somebody else and what I provide to other people. You know what I mean? The service that I can be, you know, and I really see that with Trish is just being one among many. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like Joe over here, man. People and he'll never say it. I've said what? it before on this podcast. Joe does so much behind the scenes, you know, in in his sobriety that people don't know, and he doesn't want you to know. He you know, he does it the laughing. right way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I got something. You ready? What's so that? You got Joe and and Trish. You guys remember Gene, right? Yes. Gene yeah. was my best friend, godfather yeah. to my son, and uh, you know we lost Gene at the end of 2017. So we had sober softball team, and his nickname on the back of his jersey was, do you remember, Joe? Sanitizer. The sanitizer. And you could never find Gene without sanitizer. He had it on his keychain. He had it in the club. Like, I remember once we went to, like, the Duval County Fair, and he had to use the restroom, which was one of those blue porta-potties. Yeah. And it, like, he almost peed himself waiting so long, and he finally had to go in there, and he ran out. Out asking uh, his, his wife at the time to to you know for sanitizer. Oh, and just in case everybody's wondering, this is like years before COVID, so. oh, and that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. So me and Todd all the time talk about how Gene had this whole COVID thing figured out with the sanitizer. Oh, yeah, if he, he was did. around today, man, would he'd be like, "I told you, I told you," in Gene's that's voice, right. right? That's right. So I'm um, the lead into this is I think Trish has had this whole COVID thing figured out because Trish hates hugging people. And she was like, she's like the originator of not hugging anybody. Yeah, because she'll sit out there and say, get away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, and when she does it, it's just so, so funny, too. Why don't you tell us why you don't hug anybody and, like, why that is that one of your biggest pet peeves? Well, Because it's question time now, Trish. I just like personal space. And um, Trish says, get away from me, Mom. I've had a couple. (laughs) She does. I know. She does. I've had a couple of sponsors that, you know, acted like that was some kind of defect of mine Mm -hmm. that I just haven't opened up. But my current sponsor has said, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I have unresolved issues. Like, um, I, I, physical touch is not my love language. My love, I do, I love the five love languages. And mine is, um, it was tied with gifts and acts of service. And gifts doesn't mean like material stuff, like letters from my grandfather. Um, stuff like that. How about a new car right now? Would that be a good gift? Oh gosh, that would be a great gift. (laughs) She needs a car. Definitely love someone. I'll feel love. So there was this guy. Trish, I don't blame you. I don't like hugging people either, especially total strangers. You see, I absolutely love hugging people. No, listen. Well, some people do. I just don't no more. Well, no, safety. Some people like it. It sucks, but I don't. Gets me, Trish. This is what gets me. You ever like, you know, when you're in a meeting and they hand out chips at the end of the meeting, which, you know, we've had topics oh, about that. I can't Here stand the chips anyway. Chips. No, no, but seriously, you know how it's like, it's basically like almost customary, you know, when someone comes, if you're handing out chips and like somebody comes up to get one, you give them a hug. Yeah. I can't stand it. It's like, I don't even know you, you know what I mean? So I used to like, I, I haven't handed out chips in God knows how long anyway, but I think the last time I did it, I even said, I was like, I was like, anybody coming up here to get a chip, like, I'll just go ahead and give you a handshake. Or whatever, but yeah. I, ain't, I ain't hugging you. So, especially I, if you're a dude. You I gave out mean? chips about a week and a half ago, and as if somebody came up to me, somebody came up for a six month chip, and I put my fist out, 
as they were walking up. I'm yeah. not hugging anybody right now. I'm well, sorry. No, this has nothing to do with COVID. This is just oh, me okay. not wanting to hug people. Joe's just being Joe right now. Joe's just being Joe. No, seriously. Like, you're in a meet, like you don't know these people, you know? My I'm not like, hugging tip. you. I'm sorry, but. I backed up from him for my white tip. Good. And then he goes, if you're shy <laughs> like her, we'll leave one right here. If you're shy <laughs> like her. I am not shy. No, you're I'm not. not. Man, I will, no. tell, you this, I will yeah. tell you this about Trish, though. Is she, there is every now and then in the three years I've known Trish, she will ask for a hug, you know, and that's well. I, it wasn't too long ago, maybe two or three months ago. Some I don't know what was going on, but Trish came up and hugged me. And I looked at her, I said, "You all right, Trish?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "All right, we hugging today." I think you'd lost your job, and you were no. I've had the same job for about a year now. <laughs> oh my goodness! Think, funny. But when I did that, you were going through. So uh, last Probably. week at six forty-five a.m. before it might have been a week before before the seven a.m. meeting, uh, Trish was out here. There was a bunch of people outside, and uh, some dude just starts walking around, introducing himself, and putting his hand out to shake hands. And I ain't shaking his hand. I like fist bump. And he puts his hand out to Trish, and Trish just looks at him. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not doing that right yeah. now. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hey, so what it, What you've also done here is, and it, it's part of your career, is you find people for people, correct? Yeah. Yes, I wanted to lead into that. When you were talking about your buddy, Gene, cause yeah. one of my best memories is when he was still alive, his, his wife was adopted mm-hmm. and he he wanted it for her he felt like there was some unresolved hurt there and because um i believe her adoptive parents passed away and and um there was just some unresolved you know stuff and and she told me that that she was worried about maybe double rejection the unknown right and Jean would always come up and say I really want her to want this. Can you, can you, you know, maybe pray for her or, um, and I'm like, I want it. And, you know, I have to do this for God. I can't force myself in other people's lives. Maybe God doesn't want that window open. I've just found out that a lot of times it's God's timing. I want to feel like it's me. I want to find the people. If I don't, I get upset about it. And sometimes it's just not God's timing. So, um, my, for one of my first spiritual experiences is a lady at church that I really did not like. She had said that she'd placed her son for adoption when she was 16 and he turned 18 two weeks prior. And so that was one of my moments. Mm. Kind of keep doing what you're doing, and that was kind of my first seed that people didn't drink for 40 days to fast and stuff. So that was, I took that kind of thing when I came in. But um, back to to Jean, you know, Jean really wanted that for her, and after he passed away, I wanted some kind of, I wanted the help in some way. So so I planted the seed with her. Um, I, I said, you know, when you're ready. You know, I'm here for you. I think, you know, with this loss, you might want to explore this. Jean would want this. And so we started to explore it. And, gosh, it was such an up-and-down kind of thing. But I just felt Jean smiling at us. Yeah. Um, her her biological mother first denied that she knew anything, but she kept texting back. And I remember telling her, this is not normal. Someone called me with this nonsense. I'd be like, I don't have a kid. 
I don't know. I would not be getting out in this. Yeah, and I've noticed that when people keep asking questions, that they know something. Because, like, could you imagine if if Joe was contacted? He would just say, "I don't know what you're talking about." Hang up the phone. He wouldn't like. <laughs> Looking, Joe. <laughs> keep. He would be like, I didn't place a child for adoption. Most Jeez. people would not keep asking you questions. Yeah, that's got to be a rough business, but it's probably a really rewarding business, yeah. especially after you put in all the hard work. And let's let's. Uh, you're helping people. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And let's look at what Trish has been through here the past couple of years, especially. I mean, listen. If, if you're going to say, I, I can't stay sober because of this stuff, then you need to hear some of the stuff Trish has been through, okay? Trish has not only beat cancer, but she beat a jet ski accident where she was, like, basically in a coma for a little bit. She just had a, uh, a car crash not too long ago um, coming from a meeting. I mean, just losing people, breakups. I mean, it, it's she stayed sober through all of this. So if you're out there listening, you can too. And give Trish a call. She loves when people call her. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve here, Trish? Um, just people's lack people, of, huh. of, okay, of personal <laughs> space, like respecting people's personal space boundaries. But that's everywhere. But I've just learned here more that that people just kind of assume that you want to be bear hugged from behind. Or, <laughs> <you know. laughs> and, and yeah. my, There's a lot of people out of yeah. jail here, Trish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> double mastectomy that stuff was not cool right <laughs> and, and some people would do it and my sponsor's like you look so normal no one would ever be able to tell that you're going through what you're going through and um i'm like yeah but no one wants to be lifted off their feet <laughs> right from behind people like, did that to you yeah i had one person at the the intergroup banquet i just had my double mastectomy probably two days early yeah i bet if you and, gave me five guesses i could tell you who it was too <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't start guessing but yeah. thank goodness i was still i still had i don't know if it was anesthesia but i was still numb so i i didn't it didn't hurt as bad it hurt in my ribs mm-hmm. oh my gosh because they grabbed my drains and and pulling the drains just that hurt and someone had said you should put a sign on you. Don't touch me. And I'm like, gosh, these people should know by now. That's not cool. That's right. right. I like that. That's right. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we're about out of time here. Trish, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Trish. That's Thank a lot of fun. Yeah, Trish, yeah. you had a good voice. You missed your calling. There's like 800 numbers out there. <laughs> I feel like I'm on that. one 800 you ever used to prank call some of those things? Oh, from my pay, goodness. From the pay phone. Listen, my brother, no, my brother and I were making those calls when we were in, like, freaking yeah, fourth and fifth grade. Saying, yeah. And then the phone bill came, and so did my dad's big-ass foot oh, up our that's ass. that's hilarious. No, see, we used oh, to get on Oh, my the, goodness. We used to just, when we were kids, we used to just go to the pay phones and start dialing the one I'm not going to say what the, no, the no. names are, but you know what I mean? Yeah. 1-800, like, big, you know, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of it to you, man. <laughs> so funny. I'm just saying. Hey, oh, my listen, goodness. When you're an immature boy, that shit is hilarious. How did that cost a quarter and our phone bill was like five hundred dollars? <laughs> no, I use the phone company. <laughs> oh my god, I have no idea. They put you're tax criminal. on that you're shit. You're a criminal. I thought it was, it was hilarious. So, all right, but anyways, let's. Uh, thank you, know, you yeah. Trish. Thank you, Trish. Um, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Joe. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, whatever, Joe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, hey, listen. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. All right, take care.